This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Now turn with me over to Colossians chapter 1. Here's how Paul knew this. Let's start in verse 9. Verse 13 is really what I want to get to, but verse 9 will give us the context of what he's saying. He's saying, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, folks, please notice he's writing to Christians who are already saved. He's writing to Christians who already have access to wisdom, the wisdom of God. The Bible says Christ has made unto us wisdom. But just because you have access to it doesn't mean you're walking in it. Paul writes to the Romans and talks about carnal-minded Christians or carnal Christians. And then he talks about being carnally minded as being the enemy of God. Well, you know as well as I do that there are Christians that are carnal just like there are unbelievers who are carnal. Unbelievers, those that are unsaved, are are carnal by nature. But Christians can be carnal through the absence of the renewing of the mind. The word carnal means body ruled. So you can have carnal Christians just like the unsaved are carnal. So here he says he's praying for them to be filled with wisdom and spiritual understanding if you'll allow me to put it in a different term, so that they not walk carnally. So that they walk up to, live up to, the salvation that Jesus has provided for each one of us. It's one thing to be saved. It's another thing to walk worthy of that salvation. Are you out there? So that's what he's praying. He said, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, Do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you might walk worthy of the Lord. Unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So walking worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing must mean bringing forth good fruit in your life and increasing in in the knowledge of him. That's what Paul just identifies by the Holy Ghost. Strengthened with all might, verse 11, strengthened with all might, God is pleased when we're strengthened with might, according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Now, here's the, the paradox that Paul tries to explain to us. The Bible refers to over and over and over again. We think of power being instant results. We think when the power of God's in manifestation, you're going to have instant results. And the Bible talks a lot about Jesus' instant results. But if the the power of God, or we'll say it this way, if being strengthened with might by his glorious power always brings instant results, then why would we need to be strengthened unto all long-suffering and patience? See, Paul didn't get instant results in every case either. So many times when you're preaching these things preaching about the power of God and God's will for you to be free in every area people naturally assume because we think naturally that's the way we're wired we want everything right now so when you talk about the power of God and the kingdom of God and these things when you talk about healing people normally assume that if it's really the power of God in operation it's all going to be an instant result 
Paul didn't preach that and Paul didn't live that. Paul talked to the Corinthian church and he said, I would have come to you sooner, but Satan hindered me. Well, I thought Paul was a man of faith and power. He was a man of faith and power. How come the devil was able to hinder him? Folks, having authority over the devil doesn't mean you can pray once and do away with the devil in the earth. The devil has a right to be here. But you have a right to realize that he's a trespasser. You have a right to realize that the kingdom of God can and will provide you freedom over all of his work and all of his activity against you. Now, what's going to make the difference and what's going to bring us to the place where we realize that so that we walk and live in victory, becoming masters of the principles that govern the kingdom of God? Let's finish Paul's prayer. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. You know, it takes the power of God to be faithful and joyful and patient. And naturally, we're inclined to think of something else. We're inclined to grab at some new straw and some new gimmick and some new thing that'll make the difference. That's what advertising is all about. You may have tried everything else, but this is the one thing that'll put you over. But there's this idea, and it's, an, it's the spirit of the world, that one more thing will put you over. But folks, the only thing that will ever put you over is the kingdom of God. The only thing that will ever put you over in life is the word. It's the only thing that works, and it always works. Now, it doesn't always work as fast as you want it to work. That's why you need to be strengthened with all might unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. I know a lot of people that are waiting and they're mad because they have to wait. Let me finish Paul's prayer. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power and to all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet or able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Please notice he did not automatically make you a partaker. He made you able to partake. He gave you the ability to partake, whether or not you do partake, whether or not you are a partaker of the things that belong to you through the work of Jesus is up to you, not him. He gave you the ability, but whether or not you are is your, your call. Verse 13, who, speaking of Jesus, who has delivered us from the power of darkness, Notice it does not say that he will deliver you. It says that he has delivered you. Now, who's he writing to? He's writing to believers, writing to those that have made Jesus the Lord of their lives. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath, past tense, has already done, hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, what would the kingdom of his dear son or the kingdom of Jesus be if it's not the kingdom of God? Is it possible that there's a kingdom of Jesus or the kingdom of God's dear son, that's not the kingdom of God. Of course not. He's got to be talking about one and the same thing. So whereas Jesus taught his disciples to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on the earth, even as it is in heaven. He's saying for us, the kingdom has come. It's already come. So therefore we have the ability for things to be 
in our life as they are in heaven. I keep saying this, and I keep getting strange looks from people when I say it. But going to heaven should not be the big deal that we make of it. Now, don't get me wrong. Heaven is far better than this place. But you remember when Paul wrote about his own experience, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He said, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. Everybody believes he's talking about himself who was caught up into the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I can't tell. How come Paul couldn't tell whether he was in the body or out of the body? Now, if you'd been with him, you'd be able to tell for him, wouldn't you? You'd know whether he disappeared or not. But Paul says, whether in the body or out of the body, I can't tell. Let me put that in a, in a different way of saying it, in my own words. That's Paul saying, I was the same when I was in heaven, whether I was in my body or out of the body, I don't know. Can't tell the difference. But I was the same in heaven just like I am here. Boy, that's different from most everybody's idea of heaven. Most everybody's idea of heaven is when you get there, it's like, now we're free. Well, guess what? Now you're free. And that's what Paul is saying. And that's why he's saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Now, what is the gospel of Christ? The gospel of Christ are words that tell you what Jesus has done for you. He's saying those words of Christ's sacrifice and the redemption that was obtained through his work on the cross and his resurrection, those words are the power of God to rescue you, to deliver you, to heal you, to make you sound and to make you whole. Those words are the power of God. Now, we don't think in those terms. We think of somebody having the power with some special ministry to give it to us or to transfer it to us. And that's really the power of God. That's not what Paul said. Paul said the words... Of what Jesus has done for us. The truth. The reality. That through the resurrection of Jesus. You have been delivered from the power of darkness. The power of the devil. The power of sickness. The power of poverty. Anything and everything else that's of the devil is the devil. You've been delivered from those things already. And translated literally placed, taken from one place and put in another place. That new place is the kingdom of God where it is the will of God for you to have everything on the earth like it is in heaven. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing. Jesus said the kingdom of God is as a man speaking the word of God into his heart. You exercising your authority in the name of Jesus by whom you have access into the kingdom of heaven to say that for you, you are free from the influence of sickness and disease. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. 
To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. That's why Jesus never told the disciples to pray for the sick. That's why there's no instruction to the church to pray for the sick. Now, some might say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. James chapter 5 says, the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, meaning the prayer of faith heals the sick. Well, that word prayer is not to ask. That word prayer is the word vow or declaration. It says the declaration of faith saves the sick. Well, faith in what? The faith in the finished work of Jesus. The faith faith that says, I believe Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses and with his stripes I am healed. Well, the Bible says the vow or declaration of faith heals the sick. Why? Because Jesus has already accomplished healing as a part of his work on the cross. Because healing is a part of the kingdom of God that's already come. The Bible furthermore says in Luke chapter 17, about verse 20, 21, it says the Jews demanded of Jesus when the kingdom of heaven should come. And Jesus said the kingdom of heaven does not come with observation or outward show. Now he can't be talking about his return to the earth in, in glory. Because the Bible says every eye will see that. Every ear will hear that. He says the kingdom of heaven appeareth not with outward show or, or uh, from without. Things that you can see with the natural eye. He said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. So the power to heal is within you. It's not from some outside source. It's within you. That's why the vow or the declaration of faith heals the sick. Turn with me over there to uh, Mark chapter 4. After the multitude is gone, the disciples come to him and said, we don't know what this means. Please explain it to us. And Jesus answers them and says in verse four, uh, chapter 4, verse 11, He said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. In other words, he's saying, What I'm about to explain to you is the secret. Most translations re- translate this as secret. He's saying, I'm about to reveal to you the secret of the kingdom of God. Now remember, for them, the kingdom of God hadn't come, but it was close. And because it was close, they had authority over the devil. They had the ability to heal sickness and disease. Just because it was close, the Bible says we have a better covenant established upon better promises. That means for us it's not close, it's here. So there's never any reason for us to wait to receive that which is part of the kingdom of God because it's already ours. That means you don't have to wait to be delivered, you're delivered now means you don't have to wait to be healed you're healed now now again some people will get hung up on that well if i'm healed now how come i still have symptoms we're talking about the truth between the difference between truth and fact it may be a fact that there are symptoms of sickness in your body but the truth is jesus took your infirmities and bore your sicknesses and with his stripes you're healed so when we make a, va- a vow or a declaration of faith for our healing or for anything else that belongs to us to the work of Jesus. We're saying, as far as we're concerned, the word of God is true. 
no matter what it looks like, no matter how we feel. Now, the proof or evidence of your eyes may not show it. That's why we believe it from our heart and say it with our mouth. So Jesus says, unto you it's given to know the mystery, the secret of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. He goes on to explain that the people are fulfilling, I think it's Matthew's, Matthew 13 account of this story where he goes into some detail talking about these people are fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah that says their eyes are closed and their heart is hardened and so forth. So where he says, I'm speaking in these things in parables so that you'll understand what they won't. He's saying very simply that these things can only be understood when you put the word of God first in your life. It's not just some secret, some principle that anybody and everybody can or should work apart from receiving Jesus as the Lord of their life. Now notice I said Jesus is the Lord of your life. I didn't say Jesus is your Savior. A lot of people know Jesus as Savior, but not Lord. So Jesus said, unto you it's given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Now skip down with me to about verse, uh, I think it's verse 26. Jesus said unto them, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground. Now he's building on the parable that he told them about the sower sowing the word in the early part of the chapter. You remember the parable, the sower sows the word and it fell on different types of ground. Some fell by the wayside, some fell among the thorns, some fell among uh, stony ground, and then some fell upon good ground. Well, he explains that the sower sowed the word. In other words, the seed that was sown were words. Just like Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the words of the good news of Jesus. For they are the power of God unto salvation, to rescue, deliver, and heal, and so forth. Jesus is saying the same thing. He said the sower sows words. So he says the whole kingdom of God, please get this. He says the whole of the kingdom of God is like a man speaking into the ground. Now the ground he's talking about, the difference in the four types of ground in the parable in the early part of the chapter, he's talking about the human heart. Those that are by the wayside are those that don't understand what's being said. And so Satan takes the seed away immediately. One one, uh, version, I think it's Matthew 13, says Satan takes away the word from their hearts. The stony ground is the ground that doesn't continue in the word. They don't water the word. They don't continue to speak the word. They don't put the word of God first place in their lives. So it doesn't produce anything. It dries up. It was a good seed, but it doesn't produce because of their action, or in this case, their inaction toward the word. The thorny ground is choked out by the cares of the world. They get, those are people that get distracted by the cares of this life and the circumstances thereof. And so the word doesn't produce. Good seed still, but because of their inattention, it doesn't produce. One of the types of ground produces good fruit. Luke eight fifteen, I believe it is, said, these are, they, uh, these are they that make up the good ground, such as hear the word and keep it, and bring forth fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. So the ground he's talking about 
that produces maximum yield or gets the results that God intends for us to get, or we'll say it this way, those people for whom the will of God is here on the earth the way that it is in heaven are those that put the word of God first place. So is the kingdom of God as if a man should speak into his own heart. Speak the word of God into his own heart and keep it. Now, when I think of keeping the word, Proverbs 4 always comes to my mind. Proverbs 4, verses 20 through 22, which says, My son, attend unto my words. Put them first place. Incline your ear unto my sayings. There's a lot of things to listen to that you can listen to in the earth. But when you come to the point where the word of God is the most important thing to hear, then you're on the road to keeping it. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them, my words, not depart from before your eyes. In other words, see yourself with what the word says is yours. Now, the devil will fight that. The devil will give you every image of failure you can possibly imagine and more. He wants to show you every picture of every person that's ever failed. He wants to show you your failures time and time and time again because he wants to see you as failing. He wants you to see yourself as a failure. He wants you to see yourself in this current condition, whatever it is, for the rest of your days here on the earth. That's the image you have to overcome. How do you overcome it? By keeping the word of God and what it says about who you are and what belongs to you. Keep that first and foremost in your thoughts. Now, why, why do we want to do this? Well, Proverbs 4.22 goes on to say, after we do these things, after we put the word of God first place in our lives, it says, for they, speaking of the word, the word of God, for they, my words, are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Now, who are the ones that find the word? They're the good ground, such as hear the word and keep it. Make the word of God the number one priority in their life. And receive a hundredfold in many cases, some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold. The whole of the kingdom of God is determined by what you speak. The whole of the kingdom of God, the whole of the will of God, we've already established, the Bible says without equivocation, without fear of contradiction. The Bible says that it is God's will for things to be for you right here, right now on this earth, just like they are in heaven. God wants you to be just as free as on the earth as your loved ones are now that they're in heaven. God wants you to be just as free from the power of the devil, from the influence, the last, let's say it this way, from the lasting influence or the effective influence of the devil now, just like you'll be free from his influence in heaven. Now, why is that? Well, remember where we started over in Matthew chapter 16. Jesus said, and I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. How do you bind something here on the earth? Through your words. The word bind means to refuse or prohibit, refuse to allow or prohibit. Whatever you bind on earth. Whatever you refuse, by your words, whatever you refuse to allow here on the earth shall be bound in heaven. Heaven backs you up. 
on every word that you speak that stops the devil. And whatsoever you loose on earth, loose means to allow, whatever you loose on the earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, what do we want to loose on the earth? Well, I don't know about you, but I want to loose everything Jesus accomplished in his sacrifice into my life. I want to loose healing into my life. How do you do that? Well, James 5.15 says, the vow of faith, the declaration of faith, heals the sick. It heals the sick. So what do we do? Jesus said the key to being a master of the principles that govern the will of God coming to pass in your life here on the earth, just like it is in heaven, is to speak God's word. Well, I do, Pastor Mike. I say it every now and then. You better say it a lot more than every now and then. Because you're constantly saying something. Whatever you're not speaking the word of God is at best neutral, if not negative. But if you speak the word of God, you're speaking the power of God to rescue you. You're speaking the power of God to heal you. You're speaking the power of God to deliver you. You're speaking the power of God to make you sound and to make you whole. Thank God we've been delivered. Now, how long is it going to take to get the results? I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter. That's why we have to be strengthened with might. By his power to hold fast. Now we can't discount instant healings. And instant results. Thank God those things will happen from time to time. Then I can't instantly. One of the scriptures that has always intrigued me. And I believe it falls into this line of thinking. Is where Paul talked about the powers. The signs and wonders that God worked through him. He said that he was an apostle. Proved to be an apostle. Through mighty signs and wonders. With all patience. Now, why would you t attach or connect signs and wonders and mighty deeds with patience? If the signs and wonders and miracles or whatever other mighty deeds he's speaking of happened instantly. See, I believe understanding these things has to do with becoming a master of the principles of the kingdom of God. Thank God for instant results. I love them when they come. The things for us to get excited about. But you can't build a spiritual life on excitement. But you can build a spiritual life on the supernatural. Thank God His Word always works. Whether it works overnight or over time, God's Word never fails. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he conferred authority over the devil to the church in his name. He said, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on the earth shall be loosed in heaven. Heaven backs us up when we use the authority that's in the name of Jesus. Take authority over the devil and over your circumstances today in the name of Jesus. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church.
This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. We have the privilege and the right to bind or prohibit here on the earth and heaven will back us up. We have the privilege and the right to loose or allow things here on the earth and heaven backs us up. But notice that it starts here on the earth. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.